Good morning. I'm excited. I hope you're excited. All right, two people over here, so it's good. I'll speak to this side. All right. Maybe get us coffee and cookies or something on this side, maybe. I don't know. Amen. Good morning. It's so good to see you. So good to be here with you. Let's just have a little living room time this morning. Amen. Let's pretend it's uh, Christmas morning in our home. And let's just uh, talk about Jesus. Amen. Amen. I have a, uh, the quote that I'd like to start with comes from the theologian Dr. Seuss. Very deep thinker. Says he puzzled and puzzled till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. Amen. 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 This is an exciting... Wow. It's an exciting time of the year. Amen. We need to turn these off. Okay, is that better? Hopefully. Maybe not. Okay, that's off. And that's off. We're good? I think we're good. Amen. All right, let's start again. Good morning. morning. (laughs) Every year in my house around this time, of course, you know, we, uh, we put up a tree. And every time we put up the tree, my daughter's cat eats it. We always catch her under the tree eating it. She always gets sick and throws up in different places in the living room. It's a fake tree. It's a fake tree. And we tell her every year, Dusty, it's fake. Stop eating the tree. And now the tree has, you know, those little brown fibers and, and so that, you know, and so like from across the street, maybe it looks real. Or from like, you know, a plane. But it's a fake tree. It's plastic and metal and wireframe. It has built-in lights. Amen. That's like the best. Who wants to do light? I mean, if you, if you know, right, that's a, anyway. This thing is snap, clap, clap, plug it in, it's good, we got lights. There's nothing real about it. Some of you have real trees, how many of you use real trees? All right, all right, there's three of you, all right. But even the real trees are dead trees, aren't they? To keep them looking like live trees, we have to fill that little red tray with water. You guys know that, right? You got to fill that little tray. Okay, good. Good. That's how fires get started. 
And so we, we fill that little red tray to keep it from drying up too quick. And, and, but all through the month of January, you'll still see in the front of houses dead trees in the garbage, right? Because see, even though it was once a live tree, because it's been cut off from the source, it's now a dead tree. There's no life in it. And if you ask me, that's a picture of Christmas in our world today. Don't that heavy. You thought you were just coming for cookies and eggnog this morning? Some companies, you know, this, this world, is some companies have been forced to take down decorations, right? Everything has, has changed from Merry Christmas to Season's Greetings. Some places have had lawsuits placed against them to remove the plastic people, you know, the little nativity scenes. There's been lawsuits to remove the, the plastic people, the mangers, the nativity, because anything that would imply Jesus. So Christmas has been so cut off from the source that there's no life in it. So I want to talk to you today this for a few minutes on dead trees and plastic people. In a message titled, The Promise Still Stands. Can, can you tell somebody, The Promise Still Stands. Now, our, our kids are with us today, but I'm, I'm sure they're going to try to be as well behaved as possible because it's Christmas Eve. And they know they've already been promised that no matter what happens today, there have some gifts to open. Amen? Either tonight at midnight or tomorrow morning, whatever your tradition is, they know that they're going to get to open gifts. And the beauty of that is that when we've been faithful as parents or tios or titis, when we promise that they'll have a gift to open, they know that no matter what happens today, even if pastor talks too much, even if you get caught in traffic heading home or heading to wherever family's house you're going to celebrate, even if they fall asleep before it's time, they know when they wake up later tonight or, or tomorrow morning, they know the promise still stands. And they know they're going to get something. There's, there's gifts coming. They know this because they trust the promise maker. Oh, come on. They trust the one who made them the promises. Amen? Come on, kids. Can we say amen? See, if the promise maker is trustworthy and faithful, then they know that they can stand on those promises. So let's jump into the scriptures for a few minutes. The gospel that gives us the fullest narrative the, of the nativity, that the, the plastic people that we see on the front lawns all around the season, is the book of Luke. So if you want to make sure that I, I'm not making any of this stuff up, you can look in the book of Luke, chapter 1. Most of you know the story, Joseph and Mary, no room at the inn, Right? But, but again, the, the world that we live in has done such an incredible job at cutting Christmas from the source that we could see a nativity scene and, and Santa and the reindeer on the same house and have the same reaction. It's just stories that we tell at Christmas time. 
It's just stories that we, that we uh, share. It's just stories that we, that, that's for this season. Amen? Now, listen, no matter why you came today, if you're visiting, if you're, you know, and, and especially if I'll never get to see you again, I don't want anyone here to continue nibbling on dead trees thinking they were real or, or to look at the plastic people and think that they're not. Amen? My gift to you this morning is cookies, coffee, communion, and a full plate of truth. A full plate of truth. When you see a nativity scene, the plastic people on the lawn, I want you to know there's something real there. It's not Frosty or the jolly guy or the deer that moves his head like this. They're, 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 they're more, right? The, there's Joseph and Mary and the shepherds and the baby Jesus. They're more than plastic people. They're real promises for you and for me today. Luke chapter 1 tells us, In the days of King Herod, there was a priest named Zechariah. Zechariah, who had a wife named Elizabeth. And it tells us that they were both righteous before God. It tells us that they were blameless in their walk, but they had no child. I know, it was traumatic. Thank you, thank you for that. They had no child. And so an angel appeared to them and said, Your prayers have been heard. Your wife will bear a son, and you shall call his name John. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from the womb, and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So already Luke starts out with a promise. Notice here, Zechariah is already old and his wife has already proven that she can't have kids. She's barren, but the prayer of his heart has already come to God and this is the time for it to be answered. I want to tell somebody today, it's never too late for God to answer the prayer that you've had on your heart. Maybe this is the time for it. Zechariah found it a little hard to believe because he said, we're old now. Sometimes we, maybe, you know, you're like me, we're guilty. Sometimes we pray. When we pray, we want God to do it now. Anybody? When we pray, we want God to do it now. So if it doesn't happen now, it's like, well, then that prayer is, it never made it. Or that prayer didn't work. Well, that prayer was unsuccessful because we want it to happen when we pray it. So Zechariah has been praying this and and now an angel says, God heard your prayer. And maybe Zechariah is saying, "But, but, but dude, like that was a long time ago I prayed that. Look at me, I'm a viejo now. And so he has a little problem. He says, he says in the, you know, in the hood rat King James, he says, bro, we too old for that. And he tells the angel, what proof do you got? The angel gets a little... So the angel said, because you didn't believe the words I promised, because you didn't believe the words of the promise I was sent to bring you, which will be fulfilled in your time, you will be silent, unable to speak until it happens. I like this because I read that and I said, man, sometimes God has to shut our mouths so that we won't talk ourselves out of our promise. So that we won't talk ourselves out of what we 
he has for us. Because how many times we talk ourselves, we say God wants this, God wants and we feel it, and then we leave and say, God don't want that for me. That was for somebody else. We talk ourselves. So, so his mouth is shut. So Elizabeth conceived. And in the sixth month of her prayer, wait, Elizabeth conceived. What does that mean? <laughs> Read between the lines. There's kids here. Take it easy. So I can't break it down, but understand, that means he was given a promise and he went and acted on it. See, see, too many, too many times, Christians, family, church, we were given a promise and we go sit on the couch and wait for God to do it. Am I talking to anybody? So he was given a promise and he acted on He didn't say, but I'm too old. Okay, so anyway, Elizabeth conceived. And in the sixth month of her pregnancy, the angel was sent from God to a city in Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin named Mary, who was betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David. And the angel said, you have found favor with God, and behold, you will in your womb bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Matthew says, Emmanuel, God with us. And he will be called the son of the most high God and he will be holy and perfect. Mary says, but how, since I'm only a virgin? The angel said, the Holy Spirit and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Now, because she didn't ask for proof, the angel gives her proof. He says, behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age is six months pregnant. The angel says, your titi, Elizabeth, is pregnant. I imagine her face saying, wait, wait, whoa. I got one titi, Elizabeth, and she old. And she can't have kids. He says, she, she didn't ask for proof, so the angel gave it to you. Right now, he says, your, your, your relative Elizabeth in her old age is six months pregnant. And then he says, for nothing will be impossible for God. Can you guys kind of open, unwrap that gift for you today? Nothing will be impossible with God. So already Luke is telling us and God is showing us with these promises, you're never too old and you're never too young. It's never too early and it's never too late to be used by God. Somebody say amen. Come on, these are gifts. I'm giving out gifts like Oprah right here. Just take them. So Zechariah and Elizabeth are too old to be having babies, but she's standing there six months pregnant with the promise. And Zachariah still can't talk. He said, guy there. So the angel promised him that on the day that, he, that this takes place, he'll be able to talk. And so when she had the baby, the people would have named him normally Zechariah after the dad. But he, he's like, mm, mm, no. You know, he said, and so he asked for a writing tablet. And they give him the writing tablet. And he writes, his name shall be John. And immediately his tongue, the word says, is loosed. And he was able to speak. I think, this is just me personally, I think God waited to let him speak till after he wrote the name of John. 
The name of John means God is good. It means Yahweh is faithful. So I think he waited for him to write the name of John because sometimes we pray and we ask God for something and when we get it, we forget where it came from. I know none of you guys, but at other churches that I've been at, Sometimes we get something and we forget where it came. We think we did it. Anybody, anybody guilty? Not you, I know, but some of us. Sometimes after an answered prayer, we question God's involvement in it. But when things go south, we're quick to blame God for the whole thing. Okay, so about that. And so... John, John, this John was born, this John becomes John the Baptist. And what was spoken regarding his life did indeed come to pass. And he did prepare the way for the Lord as was prophesied in the Old Testament and as was promised by this angel. And he turned many of the children of Israel back to God. And Luke tells us that in those days, listen, Caesar Augustus sent out a decree that everyone should be registered. They wanted to take a census. And so everyone went to their own town to be registered. And Joseph went to Galilee to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. And while they were there to be, to be counted to take the census, it came time for her to give birth. And she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room at the inn. And that's why the Old Testament prophesied in the Old Testament prophecies, we read that the Messiah would be from Nazareth, and then we read other prophecies that say he would be from Bethlehem. And so people say, oh, the word contradicts itself. No, he was from Nazareth because that's where they were from, but he was born in Bethlehem because that's where they were. And there's no possible way to have ever predicted that, to know that it could happen that way, and that's the beauty of of the, uh, of the Old Testament and the New Testament. See, most of the time we look at the, at the Bible as one book that was written at some point and we just have to decide whether we're going to believe it or not. But when you break the book apart and you understand that the Old Testament, please get this, let this be another gift, that the Old Testament was completed by 450 B.C. before Christ. And so it was written hundreds of years before Jesus' birth, and yet it contains over 300 prophecies and promises that Jesus fulfilled through his birth and his resurrection. Okay, you, you, you follow me? So it's more than a book or a story that we tell at this time of the year, although it was written by different authors in different time periods and different, in different places, it prophesies and testifies and proves itself. That's why the word is alive and active and sharper. Amen? Watch this. The book of Isaiah was written in 538 B.C. 538 B.C. Hundreds of years before Christ. Isaiah 9 reads like this. For unto us a child is born. Understand, this is hundreds of years before we could have celebrated the first Christmas. For unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, 
everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the greatness of His government and peace, there will be no end. So chapter 9 speaks about His birth. Watch this. Chapter 53 speaks about His death. Hundreds of years before it happened. You follow me? Isaiah 53 says he was despised and rejected by mankind. A man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So hundreds of years before Christ came, the scriptures tell us exactly what would happen. Do you get that? It's kind of what's happening today. The scriptures tell us what we're seeing in the news today, doesn't it? If you read your word, if you, if you want to kind of go for a head trip, read the word. You don't need the coquito, you don't need, go read the word, New Testament, and then watch the news. See, for Christmas to mean anything, family, other than gifts and lights, dead trees and plastic people on the lawn, we have to look beyond Christmas because celebrating his birth doesn't matter if we don't understand who he was. And if we don't understand that he was the promised Messiah, the Almighty One, the Advocate, the author and perfecter of our faith, the bread of life, the beloved son of God, the bridegroom, the faithful and true, the alpha and the omega. See, every one of his names is a promise. He's Emmanuel, God with us. He's the Passover lamb, the lamb that takes away the sins of the world. He's the I am, the savior, the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the deliverer, the redeemer, the light of the world, the beginning and the end, the resurrection and the life. He's the door, the way, the word. He's wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. <coughs> and so here we have the plastic people. We have Joseph and Mary and the shepherds. And, 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 and because in, in Matthew it talks about the star that led the wise men. There's, there's, yeah, there's a star. And of course, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. But what makes this story different? From St. Nick. And I know your kids are here. I'm not going to blow up your spot. If you want to lie to them, you lie to them. It's all good. But what makes this story different 
from, from Frosty and the reindeers and the snowman and all the stories that we tell for the holidays is that we have something more than dead trees and plastic people. We have prophecy fulfilled and promises assured. See, because the promise maker has, a, has proven himself faithful, we can stand on his promises. Amen? And the gospel of Jesus Christ promises this. It promises forgiveness today. Jesus took the weight of our sin on himself so that he wouldn't have to, so that we wouldn't have to carry it any longer. Psalm 103:12. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of them. 1 John 1:19. The gospel of Jesus promises strength for today. The gospel fills us with the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can be delivered to a new life that benefits others and glorifies God. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is living within us, Ephesians 1. The gospel of Jesus Christ promises reconciliation for today. He's the Prince of Peace. And so in Him we find reconciliation, not only with God, but with one another, 2 Corinthians 5. He's the only one who can destroy the walls that separate people, Ephesians 2. The gospel of Jesus promises restoration today. Listen, it's easy to look back on our lives and see the mess that we've sometimes made, amen? It's tempting to wish that we can rewind time sometimes and delete words or delete actions, but God is a restorer. The years haven't been wasted. In God's sovereign love, God has been bringing us to this point of insight and conviction. At just the right moment, His timing is always correct. His, he restores my soul and He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake, Psalm 23. And family, finally, the gospel of Jesus Christ promises abundant life for today and eternity. The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, but Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly, John 10.10. And this it's the testimony God has given us, eternal life, and this life is in His Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life, 1 John 5. Family, let this service be a gift to you today. No matter where you are in your heart, no matter where you came from, we want you to know today, the promise still stands. The promise still stands.
Spirit. 
Your name will be written in the book of life. You will be a part of this family. You'll be an heir to his, everything that is his, to the glory that is to come. That's what we long for. Welcome to this family. Welcome all the visitors that are here today. Welcome some that we haven't seen in a long time. As you move on throughout this day and tomorrow, right before you give gifts out, just take some time to acknowledge God, you know? And then do a little tradition that my mom would always make me do before she gave me a gift. She would line all four of us up together and said, ain't nobody getting a gift until you sing Feliz Navidad. <laughs> Every year she would make us do that. And I don't even speak English, I mean Spanish. But we learned it because we wanted that promise. <laughs> you guys are blessed. Have a wonderful and a Merry Christmas. Enjoy the rest of your weekend and your week. Get home safe.